One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cervical cancer survivor Kim Hanley will never forget the burning pain after her radical hysterectomy, aged just 26. In 2011, age 25, she started to experience some light spotting she assumed was a side effect of contraception she was on. But soon she started to experience pelvic pain and a dull ache in her lower back. Although due to have her first smear test, she put it off due to embarrassment. Her symptoms began to worsen and she went to her GP, who at first didn't take her seriously and put it down to the contraception and irritable bowel syndrome. So she eventually had a smear test and after abnormal cells were found, she was diagnosed with cervical cancer. It has been a very long road, battling the cancer, going through a hysterectomy at just 26 and eventual recovery. Last week was Cervical Cancer Awareness Week and Kim is hoping her story will encourage women to get regular smear tests done and she joins me on the line now. How are we doing, Kim? I'm not too bad. How are you? Well, listen, I'm great. First of all, thank you for agreeing to speak to me today and and to share your story. Take me back, though, to the start. You were 25 when you started to notice that all wasn't well. Yeah, it was in 2011 and I just turned 25 in the November. And I kept having like this intermittent bleeding, you know, at first it wasn't, you know, too much. And I kind of I just ignored it. I did. I thought I ignored it. Um, and then I started to get like um, back pain and a bit of pelvic pain. But as anyone knows, you know, you kind of pass it off as down to your menstrual cycle or your contraceptives. Um, and as time went on, it started to get worse. But during this period, I did get my letter from um, cervical checks inviting me for my first screen test. And I ignored it. I was going through postnatal depression. I had a lot on my plate. So I just kind of ignored it. And then when the symptoms started getting worse, you know, it was kind of popping in my head. I I really think I need to go for screening. But I was embarrassed to go because nobody really talked about it. And anyone that did, they were saying how embarrassing it was, how horrible it was. So that put me off. It scared me and it embarrassed me. So I didn't. And I let the symptoms persist a lot longer than I should have. And... You know, for I'd be the same kind of as yourself, you know, different symptoms like that. You would kind of you put it off, you know, you'd kind of think, oh, listen, I can cope with this. I won't annoy the doctor about it. This is kind of the stuff that runs through our minds. So what was it just these symptoms, the, the bleeding, the pelvic pain? Did it get did the bleeding get heavier? How did that how did you kind of recognize, I suppose, these these early symptoms? Um. Once I started, like, the symptoms were kind of on and off. It mm. then got to a point where it was every day. Right. Um, so I'd say early 2012, it kind of ramped up where it was becoming obvious that this was, um, there was something going on. Um, so I went, I was in my GPs for um, something different. And I did mention to him, I said, look, while I have you, I said, I'm having, like, persistent bleeding. 
um, I was on the depot injection, so I wasn't getting periods. So I knew, I, I was like, I don't think it's periods. I said, it's happening every day. And I said, I have this back pain. And I was 26. I was young. I was healthy. I had two young kids, but I had no explanation for these symptoms. So I thought he could give me some insight onto what was going on. And from I did Google, like everyone does it, you know. Yeah. I did go on and I was like, what could this be? You know, I don't really believe that it's just hormones. And I kept saying, you know, smear test, you know, go, cervical um, changes, all of this was jumping out at me. And so I said it to him, I go, do you think I should go for my, my smear? I've been putting it off for the past year. Um, should I go? And his exact words to me were, you know, you could go if you want, but you're far too young for cervical cancer. So I was like, oh, maybe I'm making a mountain of a molehill because he did not seem concerned one bit. He was saying the bleeding was down to the contraceptives. He was even throwing in IBS, which, mm. you know, IBS doesn't cause that kind of bleeding. It will cause a bit of cramping. You know, I have it. I understand it. But what he was saying to me wasn't making sense. And so as I walked out of there, I was like, he's not taking me seriously. And it's something that I've seen as time has gone on with a lot of other women. They pass it off as women's issues. I hate saying that, you know, but that's what they do. This is yeah. this is a, and I know this is something that you're very much campaigning for. And I and and what you did was the right thing then, because it was like your body was screaming at you to to pay attention, and you know your own body. And whilst. You know, the medical profession, you know, as great as they are, you know, sometimes these things do happen where they do brush things off and you have to take that control back. So you eventually did decide to to book in the, the smear test. So how did you feel going in there? Because, you know, you had been called for the, the check, you'd put it off, you were embarrassed, you're uncomfortable about this situation. How did you feel going in the door? I was I was really nervous now going in and um, I went to the IFPA, you know, the Irish Family Planning Association Clinic. Yeah. And they were fantastic, okay, because they knew when I was going in that I was having these symptoms. I explained it to them. I explained that I was nervous, everything like that. And they were wonderful with me. The nurse sat me down before she even did the smear. She knew it was my first one. She explained the whole, like, everything that she was going to do. Um, it was it was very comfortable environment. And I felt more relaxed there than had I had it done in my GPs mm. because I knew I could get the vibe off of that she was taking me seriously. And I think that's important to note that everyone going for smears, you know, not everybody feels the same. Some people have very traumatic experiences that happen to them and going for a smear is a big, big deal for them. And that's something that we do say as well is, you know, two women are the same. And I think the approach to how they do the smear is very important. And I cannot say enough about the nurse that dealt with me. She was fantastic. So she explained the procedure in detail and it didn't seem so bad when she explained it because up until that point, all I had heard was horror stories from yeah. people. Yeah. So when she explained it and I jumped up and I, I couldn't believe how quick it, it's done. Yeah. You know, and, and that was the one thing I was very surprised, you know. I thought it was going to be something like I was sitting there for it, was going to be lying there for a long time and it was going to be horrible, but it was over in a matter of seconds. And I don't know if you find this as well, but after having children, it is that little bit easier as well, you know, just for people who, who, who might, maybe the horror stories are for people, you know, who've gotten the first smear and it's, look at, you know, it's minor discomfort, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things. So they sent off uh, the the sample as they do. The the cells come back abnormal. So what happens then? 
um, yeah, it was a couple of weeks after I got the letter from um, from cervical check saying that, you know, abnormalities had been found and that I was being referred for a colposcopy, which is a closer look at the cervix. So from there, I kind of was like, oh, OK. I was like, well, maybe, you know, I looked into abnormalities more at this stage. I had informed myself better. So I was more relaxed about the whole thing. Like, I wasn't too, you know, hysterical over or anything. And I was yeah. Maybe it's just abnormalities and I knew they could treat them. I knew treatment was very successful. And so, but there was still that level of nervousness going into the colposcopy. And I had that done, like, they had me done very quick. I think I received the letter and I was in three weeks later having the colposcopy. Okay, so that is quite quick. And this is just to investigate further again. Uh, But then they tell you that this uh, is still bringing up more abnormalities, isn't that it? Yes, yeah, a colposcopy is, is more in depth and they can do a lot more, they see a lot more. So you're 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 in a chair, you know, and they use a micro a microphone a microscope type instrument where they, they look at your service. And you can actually watch it on a screen. It's quite fascinating. <laughs> and what they do is um for Angela, you don't have to they can turn it off, but I watched. And uh, she they spray a solution on your cervix and they're able to tell the level of abnormalities that are there, what grades they are. You know, mine was covered, um, and it was the most severe abnormalities in three. So we knew she said that she had to do treatment there and then. So she done a less. So they give you a local anaesthetic and they burn off the cells. It's not the most pleasant experience, mm. but it's not half as bad as how it sounds. But for some people, you know, it can be, and you can opt be put asleep to have the procedure done um, but she was very insistent I get it done there and then and so I was in the chair and I said you might as well just go for it you know Yeah. and it was after she'd done this she said I need to take biopsies and they turned the screens off and the atmosphere changed so I knew and she knew and she says to me you know when I finished the treatment she said um, you know we'll be in touch and then that's why I was sent off then kind of to recover from the left, which didn't go well. You know, I got a really bad infection from it, which is rare, but it does happen. Mm. And then then they rang me two weeks later and asked me to come in. And my results had come in then. And that's when I knew when you get the phone call, you know, I had to use, like, as I explained in that video I put on Facebook, there was no support system here for this. Mm. I didn't know who to be asking here about this. I didn't know what to expect. So I had to go on to UK forums like Joe's Trust to get information, to ask questions. And that's all I wanted was to talk to someone and say, what happens next? What happens with this? What happens with that? You know what I mean? And, you know, when I got called in, um, I knew I knew what was coming. But I don't think anyone can prepare you for being told you have cancer, especially at 26 years of age. But that's what I was told. And you're a mum of two young boys. They were very small at this stage. You know, I know myself being a mother myself, your thoughts immediately go to them and what's going to happen if the the worst happens to yourself. So they tell you that you're going to have to go through an awful lot of treatment and eventually they say that you need to have a hysterectomy at 26, which is absolutely horrific. Tell me about that. What what happened? How did you feel when you woke up from the hysterectomy? Um, like, you know, before we got there, you know, he had to do a lot of tests in my oncologist and 
you know, he, he said he was 99% sure he knew where this was going. And he said, look, a radical hysterectomy. And he goes, I know it's a lot at your age. He says, but I have to do it. A radical hysterectomy is much worse than just like a, a normal hysterectomy where they just take the womb. A radical, they take an awful lot. It's a very complicated procedure. I had it done and it took hours. And when I woke up, I, I, I never felt pain like it. And I have a very high pain threshold. But this pain was unreal. And, you know, I was very confused. I was frightened and I was bleeding very, very heavily. Um, and they did their best. You know, the nurses and the doctors are absolutely fantastic with me in St. James. They still are. Um, but from there, I just went downhill. I was bleeding an awful lot. Um, we know now I have a bleeding disorder, but back then we didn't. Okay. And I nearly bled to death. I had to have um, blood transfusions. I only allowed the kids in once to see me because I looked horrific. And I, they were only four and two. My four-year-old was terrified when he seen me. So I couldn't even see the kids. I said, keep them at home. I can't have them seeing me like this. And I had to stay in for a lot longer and had to have like an awful lot of stuff done while I was in there. You know, while my story is one of the rare ones, it, it can happen. You know, these, yeah. these surgeries, these treatments for cancer are, they can be absolutely horrific. And, and I know that this happen. is something that you, even though, you know, technically, you know, your body is cancer free, you very much have been in and out of hospitals, various okay. surgeries. You, This is a long road for you. But you've you've done a lot of good, Kim. You've turned your experience into something positive. You set up Cervical Awareness Ireland, a fantastic support group to help women in this country affected by cervical cancer and cervical abnormalities. And you speak so openly about your own story. You, what would you say to people, women out there who've gotten that letter through the door and have ignored it? I say, please book your screening. Like, please, it's not as bad as it sounds. Don't put it off because that's what I did. If I could go back, you know, to when I got the letter when I was 25 and just went, I probably would not be where I am right now. You know, things would have been a lot different, you know. I did put my my spare off for embarrassment and this is why I, I'm openly speaking all the time about what I went through and sometimes I, I speak about very personal things that sometimes it's hard for me to speak about. Like if you've seen that Facebook video, you've seen how badly affected I am by it all. And I don't want other women to go through this. You don't have to. We have screening, we have an improved screening service now with HPV protection. We have a vaccination and that is one key point as well. We didn't have the vaccine, you know, when I was in primary school, you know, we didn't have it. And now we have it, and it is being out in Ireland since 2010. You know, millions of women um, and young girls around the world have been um, given that vaccine. And, and this is the message as well for, for you know, for parents of uh, yeah. children that this age, you know, that the HPV vaccine is, is so, so important. Kim, I think you're absolutely incredible. All you've gone through to keep going and supporting other women in, in a similar situation and to campaign as you're doing is so, so important. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to share your story with me today. No problem at all. And thank you so much for having me on. Not at all. Kim Hanley there, cervicalcheck.ie. That is the website. You can register. If you haven't registered, that's where you need to go if you'd like more information as well. You can also check out Kim's page. She's Cervical Cancer Awareness Ireland. You'll find her on Facebook.